the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black in Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Another day, another dollar. How's old stock market doing? Someone bet $550,000 on the Chiefs yesterday. That's kind of crazy. For the odds of winning something like 500000 back. Vegas is freaking out about it. Um, don't know why, but it is what it is. Uh, so we got a little bit of that distraction coming up. And then Monday, well, so we got Super Bowl Sunday, and we got that Monday hangover thing where I'm okay if the government ever wanted to call it a holiday in the United States. Just take a day off. You know, the downside of that is that hurts the economy. Hmm. Hmm. U.S. economy grew at 2.1% in the fourth quarter. Interesting. That's not a great pace. Considering Trump won at 4%, he talked a big talk two years ago that he won at 4% GDP growth and that, that how the tax cuts were going to do it and how we're going to pay off our deficit. It's not exactly working out like that. U.S. economic activity grew 2.1% in the last three months. Personal consumption slowed more than anticipated. It's interesting. You know, um, personal consumption. One thing that we could talk about ever so briefly with us is that's why I like the millennials. Or maybe, and I could be wrong with this thought here, um, that's why I've always liked younger people. Because they spend money. Where as you get older, you start to say, i got to save money because I'm not going to be able to work forever. When you're 20, 25, you're like, woo I'm going to live forever. I'm going to have the most fun ever. I'm going to see everything in the world ever. Because we're all going to die. And then as you get older, you're like, man, I don't want to die broke. So you start consuming less. I could say that's pretty true for me. Uh, If I was 20 years old, I'd probably have uh, a headset, virtual reality. And I'm like, nah, I can wait on that one. 
let's get a couple generations of it out there before I consume it. Personal consumer expenditures is a measure of national consumer spending. It tells you how much money Americans spend on goods and services. It's also known as the PCE. That's as nerdy and as geeky as I want to get with you on this piece of data. Because I don't want you to turn the channel. Hey, Beyond Meat's up today, while a lot of other stocks are down. Why is that? I'll tell you. It's because they don't have exposure to the coronavirus. Beyond Meat is basically a domestic U.S. play. On the millennials who are like, red meat is gross. You're murdering animals. I can't wait for someone to say you're murdering plants one day. Because it will happen. We've measured the sounds coming out of a plant. And they scream when you pick them. Okay. Okay. So some days, Wall Street just doesn't work the way you want it to. Beyond Meat's higher. Boeing's higher. Uh, Weight Watchers International is higher. Um, and then you get like Alibaba lower. Baba is a company I'm looking for. Luckin Coffee is a company I'm looking for. I want things to get really, really, really bad as far as the virus goes before. Well, no, how do I, I want the fears of the virus to get really, really bad. I don't want people to die. Although, man, this is awesome. There's a boat, one of those big cruise ships. It's docked outside of Italy right now because uh, one person on the boat may have, may not have, has a fever, is being quarantined. The whole boat is ultimately being quarantined. Oh, boy, that's going to start smelling kind of, how shall we say, ripe. Um, yeah, well, so back to the markets. Microsoft, Tesla, Coca-Cola, Eli Lilly, Lamb Research, Mondelez. Amerisource Bergen and Biogen all trading higher after their earnings. Good. You kind of want to see positive responsive to positive earnings. Now, again, that doesn't always work like that because sometimes the market gets ahead of itself and sometimes the market is, is a problem. Facebook, oh boy, they reported their results. They were not better than expected. Their shares are down 7% today. It's a hefty number. Apple rallied to all-time highs yesterday. Today it's down slightly. Um, coronavirus fears popping back up. And this is going to happen like this. If I don't know all the data on this. You probably do. But from the basics that I've heard, it has a 14-day incubation period, which is longer than typical viruses. So you may have it and not know it. So we got to get through a 14-day stretch of no new cases at some point. We'll, it'll happen, or we'll all die, and then it'll happen. <laughs> right? Right. Um, it's not, I don't want to talk too much about the coronavirus, but it doesn't seem as deadly if you get the virus as other viruses. Uh, it's not a death warrant, per se. Who knows? It could change. Um... It's getting harder to ignore one fact about Wall Street. We've had a great 10-year run. And we have a high valuation. Is it wildly high? No. It's somewhat elevated. And the best quick example I can give or analogy would be if you've been running for an hour and you typically only run for 40 minutes, you're starting at the point where you're like, oh, this is starting to get tougher. Um, and you've been running at a healthy rate. Wall Street's returns have been pretty darn good. 
Now, the Federal Reserve is doing their part by not messing things up at this point in time. Fed Chairman Jerome Powell described in his press conference yesterday he wanted to explain the FOMC's unanimous vote to leave the target range for the Fed fund rates unchanged at 1.50 to 1.75. We have room to go lower to stimulate our economy. Bank of England's at 0.75. We're at 1.75. If you take money from the Federal Reserve, you have to pay them at a 1.5 to 1.75% rate. Market participants not expecting a rate hike, either from England. England! Kiss my butt. It goes back to Great Balls of Fire. You have to see the movie. 800-516-1220 get your calls on the air. GDP at 2.1%. To me, that's a little uninspiring. I started off with that in the consumption. But it's one of the pieces of economic data that we're looking at today. And if you turn on the financial media, you'll hear it bantered around like, that's not very good. To me, we want GDP between 2 to 4%. And it's a 2.1%. That's on the low end. Okay? Um... So I, I think that's worthy of bringing up that the consumer spending less. If we go below two, then we get to one, then we start getting dangerously close to recession numbers. Don't feel like we're going to hit it this year. Um, but the thoughts out there. Fourth quarter GDP estimate painted a picture of an economy running at a moderate growth pace with subdued inflation. So it wasn't a bad number. We're just a little bit worried about that consumption by the U.S. consumer being a little bit weaker. Maybe we're a little bit fourth quarter of 2019 hungover. Initial claims, first-time unemployment claims decreased by 7,000. So we have jobs. That's a good thing. Big event coming up February 6th in Palo Alto at the Elks Lodge. It's a retirement income planning seminar. You work from age 20 to 60. live off it from 60 to 100. Come on out and sign up at robblackshow.com. Making financial sense of your portfolio. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Wake up. Time to talk money. 90% of Americans say money impacts their stress level. You think? Um, this show's really... In the 90s, I wanted to beat Wall Street. I wanted to show you that I was the smartest tech investor on the planet. And then I started aging and things that happen with age, like a wife and kids, thinking about college costs, thinking about retirement, not working forever, started to play into my head. And all those things come with money. In the 90s, I didn't have a care in the world, in large part because I was young, relatively attractive, uh, and I had that go-go mentality. But as you get older, you start stressing a little bit more. In the 90s, I, I, I'd I do this show, and I'd tell you things like, you know, I don't have life insurance because all I have is a cat. 
If I die, my cat doesn't get millions of dollars. But as you get older, you have things like life insurance because you have a wife and kids. I have term life insurance. I don't buy whole life. I don't buy variable life. I don't own any annuities. I should do a whole show on what I don't want. Um, because maybe that'll teach you. That'll teach you. Uh, Robin Winston, who does traffic on TV, uh, was talking to me yesterday about an app called Cash. I haven't heard of it, so I got it and played with it. But that wasn't the point of this. Um, she was wowed. She's like, I can buy shares right here, right now, in the studio, just by hitting a button? I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. I do it all the time. Um... And I was, I was kind of cautioning her, like, don't don't be stupid here. Don't think, you know, you're a traffic person at Cron. She's beautiful. She's great dresser. She's dynamic on TV. I said, don't get, you're not, you're not me. And the app that she had was showing her like six or seven types of stocks, like Facebook and Visa and Apple. It wasn't showing 12,000 other stocks that are out there. So I was like, you're missing kind of the point. So instead of buying stocks, I like pushed her towards acorns. And I said, if that's not going to work, because you could buy an ETF with acorns, you could say, I'm young, I'm going to be investing for a while, I'm not going to need the money, uh, I don't mind market turndowns, and it goes, and it just buys indexes for you. I prefer people do that. But then I talked with her a little bit more, and she's like, I kind of like, I kind of want to buy Tesla. And of course I said, uh, not me. And then it's up big today. But that's neither here nor there. I do like Tesla because, on one hand, the electric vehicle market is just beginning. On the other hand, I don't like it in large part because there's not a lot of barriers to entry. And it's a manufacturing company. You might have heard me yesterday talk about Boeing. And even though Boeing is a manufacturing company. They're also a services company. They service the planes that they lease to you, and they make money that way, too. Where, to me, Tesla's just a car company. Once you have a car, you're probably set for five years, in theory. Um, so there's just ways of thinking about money that I want you to do a little differently. And I, I pushed her towards indexes, but then we started talking about stocks. Because I could see that she wanted it. I said, well, if you do buy Facebook, just know that there's regulation ahead. And that played out positively like I said it would last night. Tesla didn't. And then I said, what I would buy, if I could only buy one stock, if I could only buy one stock, and I'm not looking for up 100%. I'm not looking for the best thing ever. I'm not looking for the guy who's going to cure coronavirus. I'm not looking for the cure to cancer. I'm not looking for the cure to baldness. Maybe I am looking for the cure for baldness. I'm thinning. Ah, who wants to see my bald head? I don't think anybody, because I got a head the size of a bowling ball. Like, you know, your kids like get a bowling ball and they buy, they, they get like the, the size eight or the pound, eight pound ball. I'm like a 15. I'm a jumbo. I know you're saying your head's not a bowling ball. I know. But my brain is. Um, so I started this by talking about how many people are stressed. So, oh, the one stock I would buy? Ah, don't you wish you, I, I'd tell you? I'll tell you at the seminar coming up, February 6th, in Palo Alto, at the Elks Lodge. Um, 
I'll give you a hint. It might rhyme with Misa. 90% of individuals say they are stressed about money. 65% report feeling that their financial difficulties are piling up so they can't overcome them. I got a little bit of that going on. You know, I told you I bought a second home uh, just to create memories in with my kids a couple of years ago. Um, and I plan to be very generous in retirement and very generous when I die on charities and I feel a little weird having a second home. But I did it for the you know, the memories of the kids. Um, I think school's tough. And I want them to have a place that's kind of like Superman's Fortitude to Solitude. Uh, fortitude to Solitude? Solitude to f- f- fort- Solitude Fortress? Fortitude? I don't know what. I want it to be that thing. Where you can just go and chill. Um, but one of the things I did was that created a lot more bills for me. I have an electricity bill I have to pay. I have a gas bill I have to pay. I have to. Get, I had to spend a lot of money furnishing it, and what I've set up is now two sets of bills for two households: one that I'm never at, and one that I'm at all the time, right? And it stresses me out. I don't. The bills are piling up. For me, it's not the stress of do I have enough money. It's did I remember to pay it. So I automate everything in my life, and then I go and lose a credit card. And an odd little charge shows up. So now I have to cancel every bill that I have tied towards that credit card because I get a new credit card with new numbers. And it's a little stressful, right? So to get money is a big issue. 40% of people wish they could have a fresh financial start. Would you wish for that? I like that idea. Where you can go back and say, I wish I wasn't married with kids. I was 20 years old. What would I do differently? You don't get fresh financial starts usually. Bankruptcy is the closest thing. Financial stress is either very or extremely influential on major life decisions like retiring. I'm trying to help you with that one. If I can get you somewhere between a million and four million dollars in retirement, I've done my job. Because that'll pay you anywhere between forty to one hundred sixty thousand dollars until the day you die. And I think you could live on forty, not in California, but in Okefenokee, the swamp down in Florida. Kidding, but you get the idea. Buying a home, 51% of us say that's a stressful uh, purchase. Purchasing or leasing a car. Do you enjoy going and buying a car? I hate it. I, I enjoy driving new cars. I enjoy you know, figuring that part out, but hate the process of, okay, sit on down. And then the sales guy disappears. Tw- uh, getting married is financial stress. Having children is a financial stress. Engaging in exercise is not a financial stress. But it's a stress. A pet is a stress, both financially and mentally. Hmm. Choosing what to eat, one of the least stressful things in the world. Just 1% of us are bothered by that. That's interesting, right? Retirement, big on our minds of stress. Choosing what to eat, not at all. Hey, big seminar coming up February 6th in Palo Alto at the Elks Lodge. Use code radio25 at Rob Black Show. Get in for free. I'm Rob Black. Your comments and questions are always welcome. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money 
on AM 1220 KDOW. Wilbur Ross went a little bit out of his way to almost rub salt in China into the wound that is the coronavirus. Wilbur Ross, Commerce Secretary in the United States, ultimately said that the coronavirus in China is going to help accelerate the return of jobs to the United States. Everyone knows I, I talk a lot, and I'm unfiltered and unedited, and sometimes I talk myself into a, a, whoops, did I really just say that? I think the best example of that was the wildfires in Northern California two years ago in Paradise that killed people. And people were asking me about PG&E, 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 should I buy it, buy it, buy it, should I buy it? And without putting a filter on it, I said, until there's no more dead bodies coming out of the, the, the fire wreckage, you can't buy it can't quantify what a stock is worth until the damages and the legal cost are taken out of the company's valuation. A chief firefighter from San Francisco basically emailed me and said, don't talk about this until there's some time and space. And I'm like, he's right. So every now and then we get ourselves talked into a corner. Wilbur Ross, I think his intentions may have been good. But he thinks the Chinese economy is going to grind to a halt. And every American's heart has to go out to the victims of the coronavirus. So I don't want to talk about a victory lap over a very unfortunate, very malignant disease, he said. But, <laughs> so he did. He says, I don't want to talk about it, but. In that big but, he, he should stop there. Um, so he's getting a little flack for him. Is he right? I don't know. Do we want manufacturing jobs back in the United States? I don't know. Um, I guess if you don't have a job, you do. But, like, have you seen some of the jobs that we bring immigrants into the country for and let them do versus us? Hey, it's a starter job. I don't want to pick anything in the fields. Like, we're not very kind as far as the manufacturing and the farm work that we hand off. And if you try to get my kid to do farm work, there ain't no way. So that's tough work. A baby was diagnosed with spina bifida. And get this. Doctors are going into the mom's womb and doing surgery before the baby's born to give it the best chances of walking. That's a pretty good story. For all the horrible things we're hearing about coronavirus right now, it's nice to see, like, we can do surgery inside a womb? We live in good days. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Verizon reported a strong quarter. Mobile phone subscribers got a boost from an offer of a free one-year subscription to Disney+. Plus. Um, yep. It's funny, because the whole Star Wars universe, it's getting to be kind of a mess for Disney. They were going to do a film a year, basically forever, and then Solo flopped. And they don't want to do it. They, now they're like, we got to protect this franchise and make sure we don't get many more flops out of it. Um, so Baby Yoda and The Mandalorian was a big success, but they hired a, a writer to come up with a concept as well for young Obi-Wan Kenobi. What he did after he messed up Darth Vader in Episode 3, until we see him in Episode 4 as an old man. 
And uh, basically, the writer copied the Mandalorian. Oh, Obi-Wan is going to have to protect Luke and Leo and their children. Oh, kind of thing. Um, so Disney's having some problems right now with figuring out stories. And I'm going to tell you, this is going to be a tough year for Disney. Not in the numbers year over year for theme parks. Not in the numbers year over year for Disney+. Plus, But in the numbers for movie theaters and releases. They don't have the slate that they had last year. And yes, I participated in the Avengers 22 movie escapade, whatever it was. I watched some of them. I ain't watching Black Widow. <laughs> I don't have that kind of time in my life. So, a little speak English, Robert. Tesla's on an epic tear. Shares are traded for just $185 in May, over $650. Ooh, that's quite a run. Electrical vehicle, electric vehicle. Is it right? If I, can I call it an electrical vehicle? Probably not. Tesla remains a very controversial stock. Listen to this. Price targets are between 200 and 800. Yeah, that's a little bit of wiggle room. The analysts who were bullish on the stock are happy with the earnings report. The analysts who are unhappy say it's trading at too expensive of a valuation. Trades for about 72 times estimated 2020 earnings. That's a big number. We're freaked out about Apple trading at 22 times earnings. 72 times earnings. Oh, you get the idea. Longtime Tesla bull. He's bullish on the stock. His name's Ben Callow. He may be regretting his decision to downgrade the stock after it hit about $500 a share. So he may change his mind. There's too many people who like the stock with $800 price targets and too many people who don't like the stock with 200 So it's a civil war. I once saw an opera called Civil War. I think it was Civil War. Maybe it was General Lee or something like that. And the, the chorus of the opera was, No wars are sad. And it was essentially no one wins. I don't get involved in analyst wars. It's too much drama for me. Um, if I own the stock when I hold, I don't even know. It's out of my league as far as is analyzing. Tesla recently opened a new factory in China. How's that going to play out? Margins can often fall as the company, when a new plant comes online. Um, now, Amazon has about 3% of the world market in retail sales. Amazon's done nothing for about 15 months. Stock's basically gone up and down, up and down, up and down, sideways. I'm more interested in Amazon because I see that 3% of worldwide retail sales could be 4%. Amazon's really aggressive in Mexico and in India right now. Amazon is really aggressive. I think I said that. Um, so Amazon Web Services is starting to get kind of tired. It doesn't have the explosive growth because competition's caught up to it. But e-commerce still pretty much so has an unlimited runway when you're at 3% of worldwide retail sales. It's a big number. Don't get me wrong. And they, too, have competition. And eventually they'll get brushed back where we hate that company because they put mom and pops out of business. 
but I sure did enjoy getting my hammer in one day. So Tesla's too much of a, a, a battle for me. I'm looking elsewhere. And I just gave you an idea of where I'm looking. A company that's done nothing for 15 months in a stock market that it's exploded. Doesn't mean I'm right. Doesn't mean it'll work out that way. Facebook's a big loser today. I'm really torn on Facebook. As a user, I'm not that engaged. As an analyst, it's intriguing because they've got assets that they haven't even started to monetize. They've got a billion people using WhatsApp. WhatsApp! Talking about Super Bowl commercials. WhatsApp! Maybe that'll make a comeback. Um, expenses rose 51% on Facebook. They tend to be a company, and they've said this numerous times. They invest a lot, and then they don't. And then they have a year of invest a lot, and then they don't. Zuckerberg is turning into a caricature. If you've seen the impression of him on Saturday Night Live, it's not very flattering. And it's pretty easy to attack the guy. Uh, he said yesterday, I don't want to be liked. I want to be understood. He wants to build the reputation on privacy that's as strong as his reputation on building good, stable services. I'm like, mm, I don't know about that. So Facebook feels, and Google as well, and I own Google and Facebook, they both feel like they're going to be hit regulatory issues for the foreseeable future until they break up the companies. They're easy targets. They're trillion-dollar companies. Uh, they send, Facebook last year sent $5 billion to the U.S. government. Like, yeah, 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 we'll settle that fine. Yeah, 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 yeah. Google's had three straight years of EU fines over a billion dollars. And somehow this, the companies are still in business. At some point, I think Facebook gets broken up into from something's going to have to happen. Maybe they spin off WhatsApp. Maybe I don't know. But I don't even like the service being integrated. I don't like Facebook Messenger. It's not my thing. What's your thing? Do what you want to do. Um, I don't like Facebook Messenger. And people send me messages on it. I don't see them for like months. I like my good old phone message. So Facebook down 8%. I look at that potentially as an opportunity. Even though I hate the company on a lot of levels, I like sales. It's the old Marge Simpson episode from uh, The Simpsons. How did I forget? I remembered her name, but I couldn't come up with Marge Simpson from The Simpsons, where she comes home with a pair of $4,000 shoes, and she goes, Oh, homie. They were $9,000 on sale. And I, I love that because they're still $4,000 shoes. Same thing can apply in this case. I like sales. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Big seminar coming up February 6th in Palo Alto at the Oaks Lodge. Great place. 6.30 to 8.30. Come after work. Come after dinner. Whatever. Uh, we're going to talk about income and retirement. We're going to talk about the coronavirus. We're going to talk about 2020. Good products, bad products that you should avoid. Good products you should get, bad products you should avoid. Sign up at Rob Black's show. Use the code RADIO25. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Oh, oh, oh. 
Rob Black talking all things financial. Big seminar coming up. First of the year, good year outlook. Talk about coronavirus. Talk about income and retirement. Talk about good products and bad products and much, much more. A lot of details you can find by going to newfocusfinancial.com. It's coming up February 6th in Palo Alto at the Elks Lodge. Here to talk a little bit about that and much, much more. CFP Chad Burton. Um, how are you, Mr. Burton? Yeah. Doing well. Coughing? You got well. <laughs> I was going to try to slip in a coronavirus joke, but nah. nah I'll pass on that do. one. Yeah, and it is kind of funny because um, I'm starting to see people in the U.S. have weird behaviors about coronavirus. And uh, anyway, I'm, I'm, I don't know where I'm going out with that. Let's talk about slow growth, a spreading virus and markets at all-time highs and that confluence of events hitting together. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I've even had, um, I had a call from somebody that's typically like, uh, greedy on the pullback because we've trained them for years and years and they usually like to buy but um, I had a call saying hey uh, they're doing the whole mega Roth 401k so they're contributing the maximum to the pre-tax 401k they're doing the maximum after-tax dollars to the 401k that's going into the Roth so they're getting between their deferral their after-tax that's going to the Roth and their employer amount they're getting over 60 grand into their 401k and they've been doing that for two years now. And he's like, hey, with, you know, the slow growth and the coronavirus and the market, you know, kind of at a high and stuff's expensive at 18 P ratio. Um, I'm thinking about stopping that whole contribution strategy and, you know, paying down one of my rental properties. And it okay. kind of surprised me because typically that's, you know, the approach when there's pullbacks, they, they like to really continue to buy. And sometimes people forget that, just because you're putting money in, it doesn't mean that there's only one choice in your 401k, which is stocks. There's stable value funds, there's money market funds, and there's stock and bond funds. So I would never stop the contribution strategy because you're creating tax-deferred and tax-free accounts, and you can move money around. And I just pointed out that you know, there's certain aspects of the S&P 500 that look expensive or extended. Relative to low interest rates, high P.E. ratios make sense, right, Rob? Because it's always... It's always that competition between do I invest in stocks or bonds that people are looking at, right? Sure. Yeah, and you've got the 10-year treasury at 1.7%, and you've got many uh, ETFs that invest in large-cap dividend growers yielding somewhere between 2 and 3%. So you get paid in stocks with dividends. So there's also certain value sections of the stock market that are trading at more like 14, 15 PE ratios, price to earnings versus the S&P 500, that's around 18 and a half times forward earnings. You have dividends on many of those funds exceeding that of the 10-year U.S. bond. And the biggest thing, though, is that you don't know how this is going to go. They could come out with, you know, some sort of a vaccination relatively quickly, um, and then all of a sudden the market's charged forward, Right. So not only should you instead not stop funding these things, maybe you start funneling your contributions instead of just the S&P 500 to other areas like small cap value, large cap value, international value, places like that that are on sale already for the next five or 10 years, maybe not for the next 12 months, but they're on sale for the next five to 10 years. But And it's fair for me to jump that, in and say, hold on a second. It's fair for me to jump in and yeah. say, you, this may not work out for you in the next 12 months, but it's a great strategy for the next five, 10, 15 years. 
even yeah, if you're buying the value now, it may not work out. But it's a great value, right? Exactly. And what corrections do is it shakes out the short-minded, short-term-minded you know, investors that typically got in kind of late, and then it creates value and bargaining bargain opportunities for those that are out there. But it, it doesn't even matter too much because when you're accumulating wealth and you're buying stocks and funds and ETFs that pay dividends and those dividends are being reinvested, as soon as you go to cash or try to time something, you, you stop getting that income, right? And uh, so especially in the larger portfolios, you've got a million-dollar portfolio because you're getting closer and closer to retirement. You're probably yielding somewhere between twenty and $30,000 on dividends and interest. And as soon as you try to go to cash and time that, that income stops. Those reinvestments stop. So if the market dips, those reinvestments are occurring. You're buying on the cheap. Um, and then I always like to point out that these various studies, like J.P. Morgan has this one that I'm looking at, and you always hear about those missing the 10 best days of the stock market. And they mm-hmm. have one because, you know, from 1999 to 2018, that was, you know, to 2019 really, is really kind of one of the worst two-decade periods that we've seen because we had the tech correction involved in that, and then we had the Great Recession. The S&P 500 fully invested averaged 5.62%, but if a person missed just the 30 best trading days in the stock market, they went from a 5.62% rate of return to a negative 2.35% rate of return. Just 30 days. That's one month. If they were out of the market for two months and missed the 60 best days in trading, they went from a positive 5.62% rate of return to a negative 7.41% rate of return because typically the best trading days in the stock market come during bear markets. So you can't play the timing game. You cannot do it. It will not work. It will cost you a ton of money. And with that said, there's always uh, something horrible happening in the world if you look for it, whether it's the coronavirus or the Ebola or the U.S. debt being downgraded. There's always something that is a wall of worry. Uh, we got about a minute and a half. Is there anything else you want to hit in the segment or you want to talk a little bit about the seminar? Uh, yeah, we can talk about the seminar. I mean, one of the things you mentioned is, um, you know, going over some of the good and bad retirement products. And mm-hmm. like you and I have mentioned, we used to say all annuities are bad, but now there's there's some good no-load variable annuities that have life uh, income guarantees and some good non-commissioned indexed annuities for people that are looking for safe money for five years at a time. Um, but they're very hard to find, and, and n- there's not many out there. And so 98, 99% of annuities are bad. People that are selling them are just looking for a commission. And unfortunately, Rob, under the SECURE Act, which is a big retirement planning change that just passed, there's going to be more annuities being sold in people's 401k plans. So we'll teach you how to look out for the, uh, the bad ones. And I, I think it's going to be, we're, we're just going to learn how they're going to be implemented, but I'm a little yep. bit concerned about it. Love your content. Thanks very much. Find newfocusfinancial.com. Seminar on the 6th of February in Palo Alto, Elks Lodge. Sign up at newfocusfinancial.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.